This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Luke chapter 15, verse number one. I'm going to jump in uh, to the reading for the sake of time. If you're new to our church or you haven't been to church in a while, we are in the middle of a series called True Values. And really what we're talking about is, um, you know, with everything going on in London and Paris and politics, culture, social media, we're really trying to decide as a community and as people, how, how should we live? What should we value? What, we sh- what should we build our, our families on, our businesses on, our lives upon? Do we need to make a new set of values or can we go just to what God has always valued. I want to tell you, if you're new to our church, if it matters to God, it matters to us. If it's God's value, then it's our value. And the reason why we serve L.A. is because God loves L.A. The reason why we open the Word of God is because God has given us the Word of God. And I don't know about you, but I'm thankful today we don't have to reinvent or recreate a bunch of values, but we can just ask God what to value, and He can show us. Come on, if you're thankful today for the value of God's Word and the truth of who He is, come on, don't give me a little church clap. We are a loud church. Come on, make some noise in the 12 o'clock if you believe in the values from God. By the way, we are a loud church. Say yeah. And so feel free to clap and shout. If it gets good, stand up. Do the stank face. Mm, No, you didn't. And we're going to have fun in church. So I'm going to read together here out of Luke 15, one of our greatest values, and that is the value of grace. I want to talk today about grace and how it applies to your life, how it applies to all of our lives, and what God wants to say to us as a community about grace. This is Luke chapter 15. Jesus, now you got to know this about Jesus. The Gospels only mention the word grace four times. None of these four times it is Jesus talking about grace. It's someone else. In fact, if you were to ask what kind of preacher Jesus was, Jesus was a law preacher. Jesus actually not preached the law, but he would actually go against the law. He would say, you know, your law says this, but I say this. You say The law says this, but I'm here to dispel it, flip it on its head and say this. In fact, the gospel uh, of grace didn't really come until the Apostle Paul. Paul the Apostle gives us all these letters. He writes Romans, 1 and 2 Corinthians, 1 and 2 Thessalonians. He wrote wrote the book of Ephesians that we study. Paul is the one that gave us the gospel of grace. Why? Because he is the one that experienced grace. Jesus didn't have to preach grace because he is grace. He's the embodiment of grace. He's the person of grace. And I want to read together. This is, in all of the Gospels, this is the best snapshot into what grace looks like, what grace feels like. This is Jesus. He's talking to a mixture crowd. Part of the crowd is sinners that aren't really that godly. And part of the crowd is church folk that think they're too good for the people that don't come to church. Anybody you've ever run into church folk that think they're better than you? Don't point at them in the service. Somebody over here point at somebody. Don't point at them. Just pray for them. And then subtweet about them. (laughs) Luke chapter 15. This is Jesus. It says, by the time a lot of men and women of doubtful reputation were hanging around Jesus, listening intently, the Pharisees and religious scholars were not pleased. Not at all pleased. They growled. 
he takes in sinners and eats meals at Chipotle with them, treating them like old friends. Their grumbling triggered this story. Jesus says this. He, he says, suppose one of you had a hundred sheep and lost one. Wouldn't you leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the lost one until you found it? When you found, you can be sure you would put it across your shoulders, rejoicing. And when you get home, call in your friends and neighbors saying, Woo, you got to celebrate with me. I found my lost sheep. Count on it. There's more joy in heaven over one sinner's rescued life than over 99 good people in no need of rescue. Or imagine, he furthers the thought, or imagine a woman who has ten coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and scour the house, looking in every nook and cranny? Come on, how many of you ever lost your car keys before? Looking in every nook and cranny until she finds it. And when she finds it, you can be sure she'll call her friends or group text message that no one will reply to. Celebrate with me. I found my lost coin. Count on it. That's the kind of party God's angels throw every time one lost soul turns to God. Now I'm just going to tell you, if you come to Zoe Church and this is your community, you best get ready to be a clapping person because at Zoe, we are clap happy. Somebody say amen. In fact, just clap if you love clapping. We always clapping at Zoe Church. If you don't like clapping, find another church. And the loudest clap of the day happens at the end of the service when we give the opportunity for someone to say yes to Jesus. And when those hands go up, we start clapping because we're joining with the angels that are clapping. We're just rejoicing with them. Come on, somebody clap and thank God in advance for all the people that are about to say yes to Jesus. Come on, don't give them a golf clap if you're excited about their faith. I want to preach a message. You can write down the title. Today's message is called the face of grace. The face of grace. And I want to pray and I believe that God will speak to every one of us about grace. I'm believing that when you walk out these doors, you might be shaking your head, cannot believe it's true, but at least you'll receive the fact that Jesus and his face is shining towards you. God's face is not turned away from you. God's face is for you. He's smiling at you today. He's pleased with you because not of your behavior or the fact that you gave on push pay. God is pleased with you because he loves you and you belong to him. I want to talk today about the face of grace. His name is Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for our church. Thank you for the opportunity to serve our community yesterday, thank you for all the connect groups that met this last week. We are gathered here today celebrating your grace on our lives and your grace on our church. Help us to understand your love. Help us to understand and grasp your favor. Lord, we pray that today eyes would be open, ears can hear how much you love us and how much you're for us. We love you more than life itself. And God, we are praying every week that the Los Angeles Lakers will make the right pick with the number two pick and we'll get back to the NBA championship. God, we know you're going to let the Warriors win this year, but you're going to let the Lakers win next year. In Jesus' name, and all the Laker fans said together, come on, we're going to need a little bit more faith in that. All the Laker fans said together, amen. Go Warriors. Okay. Um, 
Bash your hand. Let me just see your hand if you did it. If you, I'm not asking if you graduated. I'm just asking if you went. If you went to college, let me just see your hand. If you went to college in this place. Okay, a lot of college. We're not asking if you graduated. Just if you went to college. A lot of people didn't grad, didn't finish. Got sidetracked. Bumps and bruises. But we went to college. I went to college for four years. I moved to Los Angeles, California for the first time in 1998, August of 98. Graduated high school in June. Moved to L.A. in, in, in August. And I, I put four years in. I graduated in 2002. 3.64 GPA, holla at your boy, and uh, I have a degree in what I'm doing. I have a degree in pastoral ministry. I'm qualified to do this thing. So I, I put in four years, four years of college. You remember college? Four years of top ramen. Four years of cap and crunch cereal. Four years of doing my own laundry. Four years of tests. Four years of essay. I'm feeling the pain right now as I'm preaching. Four years. College was the best worst thing ever. You know what I mean? Because college, you know, you just you're coming up. You're in the dorms. I lived on one floor with 42 dudes. 42 dudes on one floor, only two bathrooms. You ever been to a bathroom? You'd be like, I think this is what hell looks like. That's the bathroom I went to. Okay, that's the that's the college. I had a curfew. I went to Bible college. Thank God you didn't go to Bible college. I went to Bible college. We had a curfew at 11 p.m. Who gives a 20-year-old an 11 p.m. curfew? Pastors. So uh, I went for four years. I was in Bible college. I was crushing ramen, doing my essays, doing the tests, doing the work. The, the, the Bible college I went to, they wouldn't allow you to live off campus until you turned 21 years of age. And so for three years, I lived on campus. The fourth year, my senior year, I got an apartment. But for, could you imagine doing dorm life for three years? I know, I'm in counseling. So, so I, I did all that four years. A few years ago, I was going to preach at this church in Portland. It was going with a friend of mine. And uh, it's actually the church that Julia grew up in. And, and, and Moana right here grew up in this church. And, um, and so we were going, and, and, and I was just excited to preach that night. I was kind of pumped to preach, big youth conference. And, and my friend, he was like, man, I'm really excited about tonight. And I was like, yeah, you know, me too. He's like, no, I'm excited because tonight they're, they're giving me a degree. And I was like, what, what do you mean by that, giving you a degree? Like, what do you mean by that? He's like, yeah, tonight they're, they're gifting me, they're, they're giving me a degree from their college. Tonight I'm going to receive a degree. And I was like, but you didn't take any tests. Like, you didn't go to a class. Like, how do they just do, is there a complaint box I could go to and fill a card out? Because that, that's not fair that what took me four years, you just getting in one night? What took me four years of ramen, you just getting in one moment? I want to talk today about grace. Grace can do for you in one moment what takes other people four, five, even ten years. Come on, anybody thankful today for the gift of the grace of God? Come on, grace can elevate you. Grace can promote you. Grace can bless you beyond measure. Grace can take you to places you never dreamt or imagined. I want to preach today about grace. I love what Jesus is saying. He, he, he's not even giving a message on grace as much as he's giving a snapshot into grace. He's saying, let me show you what grace looks like. Grace looks like lost sheep, lost coin, and then the end of this chapter, we didn't read it, but it's lost son, the prodigal son. He's going, let me show you what grace looks like. Grace looks like um, we've got 99 saved ones, and there's one sheep that's stuck in the ditch. Grace actually is relentless, pursues the sheep, 
pulls it out of the dish. It's, grace is like, you know, when that lady loses a coin. She's got nine coins, lost the tenth. Grace is the, is the thing that goes after that lost coin. The, the, the coin didn't deserve it. The sheep didn't earn it. But grace pursues. Grace hunts down. Even when we're not good. Even when we're not put together. Even when we are lost. Grace comes and finds us where we are. Write down point number one today. Grace will meet you where you are. Oh, I love this about grace. Grace will come and meet you right where you are. Maybe today you feel like you're stuck in a situation. Maybe today you feel like you're lost in a cushion. Maybe today you feel like you're lost in a situation. Can I just encourage you today? Grace doesn't wait for you to get your act together. Grace doesn't wait for you to come to a building. We do not serve the God that says, get right, get pretty, put on your Sunday best, and then come to the house. No, we serve the God that gets down into the nitty-gritty. We serve the God that gets down into the trenches. We serve the God that will scour the whole house, and he will look for the lost one. Anybody thankful today that you might not have earned grace? You might not deserve grace, but anybody thankful today that grace will find you right where you are. You might feel like today, I'm so far off the radar. I'm so far gone. I'm, so, I'm stuck in this thing. I'm, I'm duplistic. I'm wicked. I'm evil. I've got these issues. Don't you worry about it. God knows where you are, and he knows how to find you. Grace does not wait for you. Grace doesn't meet you halfway. Grace meets you, meets you right where you are. Oh, I love this about grace. Grace will just, you, you ever order an Uber and the Uber driver can't find you? Tell the truth, the shame of the devil, this ever happened to you. The other day, I was in, uh, last week, I was in New York, and I stayed at my friend's house in, in, out in New Jersey. And, and we had a late night at his house, and we were hanging out, and, and my, 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 my air, my, I had to go to the airport real early. I was taking the first flight back from New York to, to L.A., and I did not want to miss this flight. Come on, I am married people. I cannot afford it. So I was going to make this plane. So I, I said, don't worry about getting up. It's, you know, it's an hour from now. It's really early in the morning. I'll just catch an Uber. It's a 20-minute 20, 20 ride to the airport. So I woke up. I set my five alarms. You ever set five alarms? So, so you don't miss your flight. So I set my five alarms and, and I wake up. Well, I go to order the Uber and the Uber driver can't find the house because the pin thing is all off. Who's doing this app? I want to talk to these people. So, so I, I, I get all my stuff. I get all my belongings. I go outside. And that day in New York, it was raining in that morning. It's raining. And so I thought, well, I'll just find the numbers on the house. And, and then so I got the numbers. I went to put it in. But I don't know what street I'm on. So I walk out of the house. I hadn't even been to the house during the day. So I walk out, and I look down the street, and the street, the, the signs are way down there. So I'm running in the rain with the fear of my wife going down to find the sign. I come back. I punch in the right numbers and the right address so the Uber driver can come find me. I want to tell you today, God knows where to find you. God knows where you are. You're not lost on his radar. You're not lost in the shuffle. God's not favoring some and forgetting about you. And Anybody thankful today that grace can find you? He'll leave the 99 to find the one. He'll keep the nine and find the one. Grace finds you where you are. I don't know how you've come today. I don't know the issues in your world. I don't know what you're facing, but it's not too big for God. It's not too big for grace. Grace is the thing that gets down into the trenches, gets down into the cushion, and says, I'm going to find you, and I'm going to do for you what you can't do for yourself. I'm going to rescue you. Grace, this is why I love it. Write down point number two. Grace not only does that, grace gives you desire and ability. 
Oh, this is what grace does. I love this about grace. Grace will actually come into your space. And grace will meet you where you are. I'm stuck. I'm lost. And grace will come and give you desire and ability. There ain't nothing like having desire and there ain't nothing like have an ability. Let's go desire first. Man, when you get desire, the, the Bible says in Proverbs, desire realized is sweet to the soul. When you realize, I desire to marry that person. When you realize, I desire to start that company. When you realize, I desire to do this thing. I desire to work out. I desire to eat many donuts on National Donut Day. Come on, holler at your boy. Yeah, when, when desire comes to there ain't nothing better than desire. Can I tell you, when you get desire, that's not your own self-thinking. That's God himself. God is the giver of desire. God will give you the desire to be in church. God will give you the desire to tithe. God will give you the desire to be upright before the Lord. These desires do not just come from yourself. These desires come from God. God is the God of desire and ability. Could you imagine how cruel God would be if God only gave you desire and he didn't match it with ability? But I want to encourage somebody today. Our God is so generous God not only gets into your space to give you desire, but God also gives you ability. In other words, God is the God that puts good things into your heart, and then he puts good things into your hand. I just want to encourage you, if you got something in your heart, all you need to do is look at your hand. Because you've got in your hand what you need to fulfill what's in your heart. God is not mean. God is not cruel. God is not forceful. God doesn't go, I'm going to give you all this vision and all this passion. I'm going to give you this desire and I'm going to leave your hand empty. No, if you've got something in your heart, if you've got desire realized, all you need to do is look in your hand because God himself, grace itself, has put in Come on, am I preaching to anybody today that doesn't just have desire, but you've got a little bit of ability? Come on, somebody thank God today. You don't just stand there. I got desire, but I can't. No, no. Grace meets you at the front door and walks you all the way to the back door. Grace puts you in relationships you never could have imagined. Grace can do for you in a moment what took somebody else four years. Grace gives you desire and ability. Am I preaching to anybody that understands the power of the force of grace that will give you some desire, but it will give you even more. It'll give you the ability to walk it out. So in other words, grace empowers you and grace inspires you. Desire and ability. Oh, I'm telling you. Let me just put it into practical terms. I remember when I had the desire to start Zoe Church. And me and my wife, we had this dream. We have this desire. I want to start a church. I want to plant church. I wonder where do you want to go? I want to go to West Hollywood because that's where it's happening. I got this desire. And then the ability comes. God starts sending us people. Start giving us money. So now I got desire, but now I've got ability. I remember when I want to start Zoe Leadership College. I've got the desire. I want to call it. Let's start a college. Let's raise up future preachers. Let's raise up some worship leaders. Let's raise up some world changers. By the way, Zoe Leadership College has more than doubled going into next year. Make some noise for ZLC. I've got the desire for it. But watch what God does. God gives us the ability, gives us our leadership director and Erica Bosco, sends kids from all over the nation, desire and ability. I remember when we had the idea, we had the desire to do a pop-up shop. I said, man, our offices are on Fairfax and Fifth. We ought to do a pop-up shop, make it popping for Jesus. And so we're going to do a pop-up shop. And I, I had the desire, I had the desire. Would you know, would you realize that in our church, a guy named Cody DeBacker, Cody DeBacker comes to our church. He does all the pop-up shops for Kylie Jenner, all of the, all of her pop-up shop. The guy comes to our church. We got a guy named Jerry Meng. I think he's here in the 12 o'clock. Is Jerry Meng in the 12 o'clock service? Where's Jerry Meng at? 
Somebody's clapping for Jerry Mang. Jerry, Jerry, we love you. We don't know if you're here. We don't know where you're at, but we love you. And, uh, but Jerry Mang, he, he's got distribution and fulfills all this distribution and prints clothes. Can I tell you, God will give you the desires, but God will give you the ability to walk things out. If you've got something in your heart, just go ahead and look down at your hand because he's given you something in your heart and he's put something in your hand. That's grace at work. Come on, somebody thank God today that grace finds you where you are. It actually motivates you, gives you the desire and and the ability. Oh, one of my favorite verses is 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Watch here what the Bible, 2 Corinthians 9, sorry, verse 8. It says, and God is able. I wish when I said that someone says, yeah, he is. And God is able. Yeah, he is. To make all grace abound toward you. So that you, always, having all sufficiency, in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. What's the Bible teaching us? And God is able. I don't know who I'm encouraging today, but I wonder if you'd stop telling God how big your problems are, start telling your problems how big your God is. God is able. Come on, do you believe he's able? He's able in London, he's able in Paris, He's able in America. He's able in Los Angeles. I, we serve the God that splits Red Seas. We serve the God that shuts the mouth of lions. We serve the God that you can face a Goliath. We serve the God that he did it before. He can do it again. We say around here every Sunday, it's a little phrase. I'm waiting for it on a t-shirt. Won't he do it. Why? Because God is able. I'm not able, but God is able. I can't do it, but God can do it. I'm insufficient, but God is sufficient. He is able. And God is able to what? Make all grace abound towards you. Most of us are sitting here today and we think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Grace is going to my cousin and grace going to Pastor Chet and grace going to this person and grace going to my neighbor. And, and most of us, because we feel bad about ourselves, we feel unworthy, we deal with shame and condemnation, we deal with the guilt monster, we walk around and go, no, there's no way. I don't deserve it. I don't earn it. I, I, I lose my temper. I say bad things. I, I've been watched all of House of Cards season five in one night. I've just, I've got issues. I've got struggle with stuff. I'm not perfect. God, you can grace them and them and them, but I know me. I know how bad I am. I know what I've done and said and looked at, and I don't deserve it. No, grace, by definition, is undeserved blessing, and it's unmerited favor. You can't deserve grace. You don't earn grace. Grace is coming at you because God knows how much you need it. God knows how much you're dependent upon it. So God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Stop asking for grace for your neighbor and start receiving it for yourself. So many of us, we think, yeah, God, grace them, grace them, bless them, grace. How about, how about asking God to grace your life? Grace your home. God, put a great grace on my business. Put a great grace on what I'm do, doing in, in this season of my life. God is able to make all grace abound towards you so that you, so that you, so that you, not your neighbor, not your friend, not your cousin, not your parent, so that you, so that you at all times in all things have an abundance for every good work. I don't know what you did for Memorial Day, but I think Memorial Day is one of the best holidays of the year because it's just made for eating. 
And we went, we went to a barbecue at some friend's house in the church for Memorial Day. My wife and I and kids, we went to the house, and we walked in the house. You ever go to a barbecue, and you look at the spread of food, and you're like, wow, is there a lot more people coming than I, than I realized? Like, this is a lot of food in here. And I looked at the food, and I, you ever feel guilty? Like, dang, I wasn't planning on eating that much, but, like, I feel bad, so I'm going to have to, okay, this is for you, Jesus. I'm going to eat. Like, we walked in the barbecue, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, there is so many hot dogs and, and, and foods. And, and then uh, when I thought the food was, was sufficient, it was, like, it was like someone else came in with all these nachos and tacos. It's just like, there's an abundance. God is not trying to give you enough grace just to keep you on the leash. God's not giving you enough grace to keep you on food stamps. God is going to give you such an abundance, such an overwhelming amount. He is not the God of enough He's the God of more than enough. Somebody thank God today that grace is abounding towards your life. You've got all that you need in Jesus. So grace finds me where I'm at. The, the Uber driver can't, but God can. He finds me where I'm at. He gives me desire and ability. Write down number three. Grace is, well, it's getting what you don't deserve. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. He's going like, man, it found me in a ditch. It found me lost in the cushion. It found me when I was broken. It found me when I was against God. And now all of a sudden I got this desire. And now all of a sudden with grace. By the way, the reason why you have the ability is you can take the word grace out and you can replace it with the word gift. God not only gives you grace, he gives you gifting. He gives you talent. You have not made all that money because of your own ability. That's the grace that God's given you. God graced your brain. He graced your creativity. He graced your personality. He graced your networking skills. He graced your relationships. He graced your business endeavor. He gra- Listen, and grace is getting what you don't deserve. This is so hard for us because so many of us religious people that have grown up in church, we want to earn our grace. We want to deserve this thing. I've worked hard for this promotion. I've worked hard. We want to make religion all about ourselves, don't we? We want to be our own superhero. So when things go bad and when things go sideways, oh, it's my fault. I failed. This is my fault. I just, can I just warn you, be careful of living a life where you are your own God, where you are the person that makes it all fall and you are the person that makes it all rise. That's not how God works. You're over here going like, oh, I failed. I messed up. And so now I did that. I got to face the consequences. I got to face the, you know, my, these are my actions. I got to, this is the bed. I got to, I got to lie in because I made this bed. And this is, and, oh, but you know what? I've been grinding. I've been working. I've been hurting. I've been going this hard. I've been networking. And so I made all this happen. Don't you live a life that way because grace actually fills in the gap where you failed to work hard. Grace actually fills in the gap where you failed in your intelligence. Grace actually fills in the gap when you didn't do what you're supposed to do. I am thankful today that I am not living off my own efforts and my own merits, but I am living off the dependence of the grace of God. Grace will give you what you don't deserve. This is so hard for us because we live in, in West Hollywood and, and, and we deal with everybody that's like karma. Yo, that's just karma at work. Put bad out energy and you get bad energy. And we, we live in this culture that's like, you did that You made that happen. Well, that's what you got coming back to you. I am thankful today that God does not treat me as my sins deserve. I am grateful today that though I may have shortcomings and I may have failures, God did not give me what I deserve. He's actually promoted me and blessed me as I don't deserve. Watch what the Bible teaches us here in Romans chapter 3. Watch this in Romans 3. It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Go to the next verse. 
being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. In other words, the Bible's teaching us there is no person in here in, in, in the church service today that, that can look around and say, you know what, I'm better than so-and-so. I don't deal with as much as so-and-so. You know what, I've, I've got grace because I read the Bible, I give on push pay, I'm a religious, I know some verses. No, no, all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us have made mistakes and fall short of his grace. But grace comes in and overwhelms all of us because grace is not about you, grace is all about Jesus. Watch what the Bible teaches us here in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. By the grace of God, I am what I am. Can I just encourage you? You ought to start walking around going like, I don't know how I got here, but it was just God's grace. You ever, you ever see some, some parents and they raised up some godly kids and some awesome kids and you ask them, how, how did you raise up those godly kids? Don't ever listen to somebody that's like, well, these five things, you know, we only drank 2% milk and we watched VeggieTales and, you know, we did this, that, and the other. No, 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 it's just by the grace of God. I don't know. There's some parents, they tried the same methods, the same work ethic, and the kids went sideways. I don't know what happened. It's just God's grace. You ever see some people that are married and their marriage, they're happy and they're going into 25, 30 years of marriage. You say, how do you keep your marriage together? It's not four or five things, it's just by the grace of God. You look at a business and exploding and it's taking off and they're hiring people and you go, how did you do it? What was the business strategy? I don't know what we were doing. It was just by the grace of God. Let me tell you Zoe Church is taking off and we're reaching more people and we're helping more people and it's not a strategy, it's just the grace of God. Anybody thankful today? By the grace of God we are who we are. By the grace of God I am. Come on somebody give God a little bit of praise. If you're grateful grace has taken you to where you never could have taken yourself. It's grace. By the way, at Zoe, we are not so big on grace as much as we're big on Jesus. Because Jesus is the face of grace. We're not here glorifying grace. We're here glorifying Jesus. It's not a grace-centered church. It's a Jesus-centered church. It's not a grace focus. It's a Jesus focus. Jesus gives us what we don't deserve. When Jesus hung on the cross and fulfilled all of the law and the prophets, come on, Jesus gave us what we don't deserve, the unmerited favor and the undeserved blessing. We are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is the grace of God. And you can live a life of going like I'm striving, I'm earning, I'm religious, I'm working hard, I've got to get, no, no. Or you can just stand there and go like, man, I, to be honest, I don't know where this money came in from. I don't know how I got into this network of relationships. I don't know how this happened so fast. It was just stop trying to equate what God's doing in your world to your actions. So many of us, we get something from, from God, God, God graces us, and you know what we do? We go, oh, what was it? Um, yep, that's right, that's right, because three months ago I tithed, and so now God's, no, 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 don't you live as your own God. God is not a God of cause and reaction. God is not a God that just goes like, okay, let's see what you do. Let's see your activity. Let's see your behavior. Let's see how hard you work. No, grace is a force that is on your life, in your life, around your life, working for your life. Grace gives you what you don't deserve. I am thankful today I did not get what I deserved. 
I deserve nothing. I deserve hell and condemnation. But Jesus died for my sins. And now I don't just get the grace of going to heaven. On this earth, I walk with a bunch of undeserved blessing and a bunch of unmerited favor. When you live from that premise, you know what you'll do? You'll start to recognize it, and then you'll magnify it. You recognize, go, I can recognize this. This is so not me. This is all grace. I can recognize it. Wait, wait, wait. I recognize this promotion. I recognize this blessing. I recognize this relationship. This is, <laughs> I've been around grace. This is grace. The more you recognize something, the more you magnify something. The more you magnify something, the more you're thankful for something. So I recognize grace. So I magnify grace. And then I'm thankful for grace. So I recognize grace is at work in my life. I'm thankful that grace is doing something that I can't do for myself. I am thankful today that grace does for me what I can't do for myself. It finds me where I am. Where I am, it gives me desire and ability. Where I am, it gives me what I don't deserve. Let me write down, here's the fourth thing I want you to understand. Grace, it's not a lesson to be learned. It's a reality to be received. Grace isn't a lesson Jesus is... He's got a split audience, doesn't he? He's got some unbelievers and he's got some believers. He's got some Christian folk and he's got some, some real sinner folk. And he tells the same story to this crowd. And Jesus is not saying this to the religious people and the unreligious people for some catch, for some sort of morality. He tells lost sheep, lost coin, and lastly he said lost son, prodigal son. By the way, when the prodigal son came home, he was coming back to get a job. He, he wasn't received as a worker. He was received as a son. That's grace. Some of us think we're coming back and we're going to work our way back. Jesus says, no, you're a son. You belong to me. Jesus tells this story about a lost sheep and a lost coin and a lost son, not so that he can catch them, not so it's a lesson. It's just the reality of what's working in their life. He's saying this sheep didn't earn it. This coin didn't deserve it. This son didn't get his life right. No, this is grace right here. I am the God. This is not a lesson to be learned. It's a reality to live with. It is what it is. God, let me just encourage somebody when it comes to grace. The grace of God in your world, it is what it is. Some of you should just start getting comfortable with it, start getting convenient. I learned a long time ago, stop denying that there's a grace on you. Stop acting like God's grace isn't on you. Stop trying to justify the grace of God. It is what it is. It's a force in your world. It's a reality in your life. Come on, somebody thank God today. This is not a lesson that we're trying to learn. It's just a reality that we're now living with. Come on, you can be a little bit louder than that if you're grateful for the reality of grace in your world. I wonder what you would what you would look like. I wonder what your world would translate into if you stopped walking around trying to deny that there's a grace on you and just walk it out and go like, man, I don't know what it is. It's crazy. I, I have this gift. I have this grace. I don't know why. I, I, I'm not perfect. I don't know all the answers, but God just keeps gracing me. God keeps blessing me. I keep experiencing his favor. When you live in Jesus, you get unmerited blessing, undeserved blessing, unmerited favor. It's a reality that you're going to have to live with. When you get stuck in a ditch, he's going to pull you out. When you get lost 
lost in the cushion, he's going to go find your life. When you feel like you've messed it up and you try and come back, he's going to receive you as a son. Because grace spins the whole thing. Grace is not about you. It's all about him. His mind is made up. It's not a conditional love. It's an unconditional love. He is for you. He is not against you. He is not mad at you. The condemnation has been released. The guilt has been put away. I am thankful today. I am receiving the reality of the gift of grace. Church folks hate it, don't they? Church folks hate grace. Church folk hate grace because they're like, oh, grace sucks. Because I want to deserve this stuff. I want to work hard. What about my work ethic? What about my, no, actually, when you realize what grace does, it makes you want to read the Bible more. It makes you want to be more generous. It makes you want to be in the house of God. Grace doesn't take you away from those things. It just gives you the joy that's attached to it. Grace is always attached to joy. Because when I get grace in my life, I've got joy. Now I'm doing all the religious things. I'm just doing it with joy. I'm just doing it not out of duty, not out of obligation, not out of because I have to. I'm doing it out as I get to. Come on, somebody thank God one more time. If you're thankful for the reality of the gift of grace working in your world. It's not a lesson to be learned. Grace is not some lesson that we teach down and go, okay, grace, let's work the system. Grace is the system. Grace is the system that's working in your life. Grace is the system that's working in your world. I can tell you today that Zoe Church, we're almost two years old. We'll be two years, August 23rd this summer. I'm excited about it. But can I tell you the reason why our church grows? It's not because of sacrifice. It's not because of talent. It's not because of work ethic. Grace grows the church. And grace will grow your life. Grace will grow your home. Grace will grow your marriage. Grace will grow your business. But you have to receive grace. Stop denying denying the working power of grace in your life. Ephesians chapter 4, put up that verse and worship team, come join me. Watch what it says. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. But to each one of us, you know, you have been given a measure of grace. You have been given grace from on high. I wonder today, are you stewarding the grace that's in your world? Are you stewarding the grace of God in your life? Because I, for one, I do not want to just have a life that was rescued out of the trenches, a life that was rescued as a lost coin. I do not want to be someone that got all this desire and ability and undeserved blessing, and I don't want to bypass grace to get on to other things in Christianity. Grace is the main thing. Because grace in itself, grace is Jesus. So I want you to write down the last thing today. Grace, for all of us today, grace is available. Grace is available. It's available for you. Do you want some? Do you need some? Because grace is available if you'd like it. Jesus is trying to, he's trying to tell the, the new world order, isn't he? He's got Christian people and non-Christian people. Folks that go to church and people that would never go to church. And he's going, guys, it's a, new, um, it's a new day. This is for everybody now. Lost sheep, lost coin, lost kids. Everybody gets grace. Who wants it? I, for, for one, as the pastor of this church, I want to stand with my hand up high for my kids and my home and my family and this church and say, I need some grace. I'm not so cute. I'm not in my book. I'm not working hard to stop and go, oh, hey, 
over here. Yes, more grace, please. Because I need it. How about you? I need that undeserved blessing. I need that unmerited favor. I need the hand of God on my life. I need God to do a mighty work. I need him to find me in the trenches. I need him to find me when I'm lost. I need him to receive me as a son. Am I preaching to anybody today that wants the availability of the gift and the power of the grace of God? Oh, somebody ought to stand to their feet today and give God a little bit more thanks because when you were lost, grace found you. All these people kept coming to the pop-up shop later in the day, later in the afternoon. If you came at 12 on time, like you should be to church, shots fired. But um, if, if you came on time the pop-up shop, you, you can get the hoodies and the, and the T-shirts and all that. But later in the day, people kept coming and going like, hey, do you, guys have, um, do you guys have this item left? And we're like, oh, shoot, so sorry. We're, we're all out of that. What about this? Do you guys have this shirt? No, so sorry, man. We, we, we're sold out. What about that? You guys have this jacket? Man, we're, we're, we're so sorry. We're sold out of it. Can I tell you, God's grace is not sold out. God's grace is not used up. God's grace is not on everybody else and bypassing your life. Come on, somebody thank the Lord today that the grace of God, it's available. It's on your home. It's on you. Lift a hand right Thanks now. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you were inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.